Uh, okay, so Reverend Anna Rust is here today, and I can't not mention her husband, uh, Ron Rust. You probably remember this couple as they spoke here a month ago or in February. You want to look up the message, um, the seasons of life, but there's honey in the rock. Okay, you want to look up that message, and you'll really get to know this couple. Janet and I have known them since like 2001 or something. We served together for several years, Pastor Ron and I. But, you know, when you get Ron, you get Anna. When you get Anna, you get Ron. And a wonderful couple, wonderful ministry couple with decades and decades and decades of experience in multiple churches, in multiple contexts. So you really have a privilege, folks. Uh, I have a saying, there's a lot under the hood uh, with both of them, uh, both in their own right. So I'm going to give her all the time that she needs today. Would you please welcome Reverend Anna Rust. Yeah, it's on. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Joe. Pastor Joe, oh my goodness, see? That's friendship. <laughs> yeah, it's a good height. And I think these are going to slide. Okay, well, it's Mother's Day, and that's always a special day for uh, women, most women. Uh, moms, I want to say that you are all very, very special. And... Uh, I just want to say never underestimate the role that you play in the lives of your children. No matter what age you are, and no matter what age your children may be, they always look up to you as a role model. I know my mom has been my role model. She's 89 years old today. Uh, well, in February she was 89. but. Uh, she, she was always there with such love and compassion. She was always there to help us no matter where we were in life, what we were doing. She was the one who led my sisters and me to the Lord at our bedsides. Uh, I was five years old. You know, it's things that you do not forget. And so mom, never underestimate uh, the influence that you have upon your children because even though you may think oh it's nothing it's nothing it's something in the eyes of your children so thank you moms for your sacrifices that you make every day the love and the dedication you demonstrate towards your children and your family god bless you today you know i love to read autobiographies and biographies of men and women who have demonstrated a lot of courage and strength in the midst of adversity. And there are many stories of resistant groups during World War II that helped Jews escape the death camps. As darkness fell over Europe, as the Nazis spread their hatred and their fear and war across the globe, there were heroes that rose up, like Oscar Schindler, uh, Raoul Wallenberg, and others who risked their lives. And on a peaceful corner in the Netherlands, a little old woman, Corrie ten Boom, fought against the darkness. In her quiet watchmaking shop, she and her family risked their lives to hide Jews and resistant workers that were being hunted down by the 
the Nazis, and she hid them in a secret room built in her bedroom, uh, a, a little room that no one could tell was even there. They made the wallpaper look old and, and everything so that nobody would know there was a secret room behind the wall in her bedroom. She risked her life every day. And she took care of those people uh, who were under her care. She became a part of the Dutch underground resistant network. She was a woman in her 50s and oversaw a network of smuggling Jews to safe places. And it's estimated that she uh, saved about 800 Jews uh, from dying at the camps. One day, however, Corey and her family were betrayed, and they were arrested and, of course, sent to the notorious Nazi concentration camps to die. Yet even in the darkest places, Corey continued to fight. And her story is told in the book, The Hiding Place. Anybody ever read it? Yeah, I think some of us have know all about Corey Ten Boom and The Hiding Place. It's a story of faith and hope and, and love that ultimately triumphed over unthinkable evil. And she was a, a hero because of her bravery and her loyalty and her forgiveness. She uh, once was speaking, and um, she noticed somebody in the crowd that she recognized, and it was one of those German officers that had really persecuted her, and she struggled to forgive him. But by the end of the evening, she went up to him and just forgave him, and he just couldn't get over that he could be forgiven of all the atrocities he had caused in his life. The Bible has a similar story of a woman who risked her life to harbor two spies, two men who came to Jericho to check out the land. Her name was Rahab, a businesswoman who is also remembered for her faith and action. So today, since it is Mother's Day, I will be looking at the life of a woman in the Bible, Rahab. And my sermon is entitled, Rahab, an Unlikely Ally. Because that is what she is. She was a part, she is a part of the group of unlikely heroes of faith mentioned in Hebrews 11. So who is Rahab? Well, according to Jewish tradition, she is one of the most, uh, four most beautiful women in history, along with Sarah, Bathsheba, and Esther. She's also one of five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, verse 5. In the Heroes Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, she is one of the two women mentioned for her faith, the other being Sarah. Verse 31 says this, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Hmm. By faith, the prostitute Rahab. She was a prostitute. She's referred to in the Bible as the prostitute Rahab. Not exactly heroin material. We first hear of Rahab in Joshua 2 verse 1. And it reads, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. 
Now, I see Rahab as having three strikes against her. Strike number one, Rahab was from the wrong nation. She was a Canaanite and not a Jew. The Canaanites were known to be wicked and evil people, idolaters who practiced religious sac uh, sacrifice of children, a nation that was filled with all kinds of sexual perversion, that God instructed the Israelites to annihilate them and cleanse the land of their abominable practices. Rahab was from the wrong nation. She was a Canaanite. Strike two, she was a woman. Now, women at that time were often treated as second-class people with very few rights. And in many instances, they were treated as property. Yet God worked through this woman, a woman who had never led an army, never had been to battle, yet she was instrumental in helping the Israelites win the battle of Jericho. So Rahab was a woman. And strike three, Rahab was a prostitute. She was in the wrong profession. And she sold herself for money. And some think she ran a hotel on the wall of Jericho. Others think she was a princess. Yet the New Testament Greek word used to describe her is porne, meaning harlot. She was a social outcast. She was ostracized. She was a moral leper, tolerated, but in no way honored. Rahab was a prostitute. So why would God want to use someone like her? Because God chooses people not on merit, but on grace. Because God sees the potential in every single one of us, no matter what our past is. And because God does not disqualify us from blessings, because his blessings are based on grace. Rahab had a lot of strikes against her, yet she had one great redeeming factor in her favor, and that was faith. She believed the God of Israel was the one true God. So what is her story? If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 2, and we'll be reading verses 1 to 14. And if you don't, then follow along on the screen, uh, because uh, you'll see it there. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and, and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes. The men have come to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that le leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know 
that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard about the, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of, of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men reassured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. Rahab was not only a prostitute, but she was an innkeeper. <clears throat> the fact that she had flax spread out on the roof and a scarlet line tells us that she probably manufactured linen and dye. Rahab was also a businesswoman. She was a smart cookie. In those days, most innkeepers were women, and her establishment was situated on the city, at the city gates, which made it convenient for travelers to stop there. And it is here that one would probably hear the news of what is going around. You know, they could catch up on the gossip from other towns and, and cities as travelers came. So what secrets could these spies learn as they entered into that inn? But the spies were noticed entering the city and in Rahab's inn. And it wasn't long before the king of Jericho sent his messengers and uh, told Rahab to give them up or else. But Rahab, she was a woman of action. She hid the spies and acted boldly to protect them by, by lying to the king's messengers. She did a very courageous thing, risking her own life. But by doing so, she betrayed her country, committed an act of treason, which the death penalty awaited if she was caught. But you know what? She was willing to risk her life for the sake of these two spies. Why? She didn't even know them. Rahab had faith. She is noted for her faith in Hebrews 11:31. By faith, I read this verse before, the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. I like what the King James Version says. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Rahab believed. She believed in the God of Israel. And it seems that the inhabitants of Jericho had that same opportunity to believe, but they didn't. What inspired, what stimulated, what encouraged her faith? Well, verse, verses 8 and 9 say, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land 
and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in the country are melting in fear. I love the fact that Rahab had assurance in God by saying, I know that the Lord has given you this land. That's a strong personal conviction. She was confident that the Lord had already given them the land. And I am sure that this was reassuring to the two spies. I ask you this morning, do you have that same assurance that Rahab had in your God? I know that the Lord. Those were her words. And can you say the same? I know that the Lord. I know that I can say to you today, I know that the Lord will take care of your needs because I know he did that for me, especially as a single woman. Philippians 4.19 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I also know that my God answers prayer. Because Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And he has answered my prayers. He has heard my cries. He hears your cries. He will answer your prayers. I know that God will be there. Because in Joshua 1, 5, and 9, he says, I will not fail you or abandon you. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I have to say that there were times when I felt all alone, but I experienced God's presence in my life. I knew that he was there with me, giving me the strength and the help that I needed to go through my difficult circumstances. I also know that the Lord will protect you because Psalm 91 and 2 says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. And I have found him to be my refuge in the midst of the storms of life. I know that my God will free you from sin because 1 John 1 and 9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And we, we sang that this morning. I know that nothing will separate you from the love of God. <laughs> Romans 8, 38, 39, For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Please, I need an amen this morning. <laughs> Do you know this about your God, that he will be with you whenever and wherever you need him to be? He's there. You know, um, there are over 3,000 promises in Scripture, and I know that our God is a God of his word, and what he said he will promise, he has said that he will do he will not fail you in that regard. He is not a God who goes contrary to his word. You can trust 
the God of this universe. You can trust the God of Israel. You can trust the great and almighty God today. Thank you. Amen. Yes, Rahab trusted God and not in her king to keep her safe. She knew that safety could be found in the God of Israel. And so she was willing to protect these two spies. Now, Rahab's countrymen, the Canaanites, they didn't have the same conviction as her. Verse 9 says, A great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. All had fear. All who lived in the country, not just a few. And it's interesting to note, you know, 40 years before, when the 10 spies returned to Moses with the report, well, there were 12 spies, but 10 of them came back with such a negative report, fearful of the giants that lived in Canaan. And here, now, 40 years later, these people are melting in fear because of what they have seen and heard that the God of Israel has done for his people Verse 10 and 11 says, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. So they had all heard of what the Lord had done. They all heard that God performed the miraculous for the Israelites. I mean, think about it. They escape Egypt. They cross the Red Sea on dry land. And yet the Egyptian army, when they tried to do this, is totally decimated. They wandered in the desert for 40 years. But you know what? They didn't starve to death. They didn't, they didn't die of thirst. God provided the food. He provided the water. He protected them from their enemies. Their enemies did not conquer them. These miracles sent a very strong message to the nations around them as to who the God of Israel was, the one and only true and living God. Even though fear gripped the heart of Rahab and the citizens of Jericho, for Rahab, these miracles, these stories she heard, instilled faith in the God of Israel. And this morning, you may be doubting the goodness of God. Maybe you feel abandoned and all alone. Sometimes we just need to reflect back on what God has done for us and what God has done for others, because he's always been working behind the scenes. He's always there, and it's only when we look back that we often see how his hand was present. And I have seen him work in my life. He has been there during those tough times. And you heard of, of those times in February when we shared, and perhaps another time I'll, I'll share more. He has healed my broken heart. He has healed my body. I have seen him intervene in, in my daughter's life when she was born at 24 weeks. And again, three and a half years ago, when suffering from the effects of Ramsey-Hunt syndrome for, for two and a half years, he's helped our eldest daughter, um, he has helped us find our help, our eldest daughter on, on the streets of Vancouver when we didn't even know that she was there. But God knew where she was. 
And he led her to that, he led us to that very street corner where she was standing. That's how good your God is. He will move the mountains, those obstacles in your life, if you have faith and if you're willing to trust and believe him. I've experienced his protection in the midst of storms. And this is a testimony of God's faithfulness to me and to those in my sphere of influence. Today, you need to count your blessings. The God of the universe, the God of Israel, is your God. And he wants to perform the miraculous in your life too. Have faith in him. Trust in him with your life. And you know what? You will be surprised at the doors he will open. You will be surprised at the interventions he provides in your life because you are willing to trust him. Rahab heard the same stories as the other citizens in Jericho, but her response was different. These miracles were a testimony of God's faithfulness to his people, and so she believed in him as the true and living God. And that is why she could say, for, your, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. She not only had assurance in the God of Israel, but she also acknowledges or confesses that your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Rahab and her family had heard the rumors. Yahweh intends to give Israel the land. She knew the rumors were rooted in recent history, the crossing of the Red Sea, the destruction of the two adversaries, and she responds by making a radical spiritual choice. She is going to forget the gods of her land and put her trust in the one true and living God, the God of Israel. Your God is God, she says. So what lessons can we learn from Rahab's faith? How can we apply faith to our own lives? Rahab's faith to our own lives. Well, first of all, transformation. True faith will transform you. When the fall of Jericho was taking place, Joshua told the two spies in chapter 6:22, "Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her." Verse 23 continues, "So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab her father and mother and brothers and all who belong to her. You see, God loves us just the way we are. But he also loves us too much to leave us just the way we are. The spies were to go into the prostitute's house and bring her out, she and her family. And true faith will bring you out of your house of sin, of sexual immorality, of unproductiveness, and into the house of God. Rahab was helpless and powerless to save herself, except for the scarlet rope, and we won't get into that today, that she was instructed to put on her house. And like her, we are powerless to save ourselves, except by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I am sure she and her family were fearful that day as, 
as the walls began to fall and she heard the cries of people being killed, as they listened to the screams of people, I, I'm sure they thought, what is going to happen to us? What will be our fate? But faith delivers, faith saves, faith transforms. And Joshua said, bring her out. He saw beyond the sinner to the saint, to the woman who was made in the image of God and loved by God. Our eldest daughter had many strikes against her. As we shared, she ran away from home at the age of 14, angry because her, her mom had passed away and just couldn't find happiness. And she unknowingly got involved in the sex trade and was shipped off to Vancouver. She got hooked on drugs and alcohol. Her life was one big mess. And there were periods of times when we didn't hear from her and didn't even know if she was dead or alive. And when we could, we visited her. Uh, she was living in the Western United States. And every time we would visit, we'd leave her place with such broken hearts and would be in the car returning to the airport just crying and praying and crying out to God because of what we had seen and, and just the mess that she, she was in. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and prayed and prayed. And you know, you can get discouraged sometimes when God doesn't answer. And we prayed for 25 years and her situation just seemed to get worse. But eventually she hit rock bottom. She checked herself into a Christian rehab center. And after three months of being exposed to the truth, the light went on in her heart and in her mind. And she realized just how much God loved her and how she needed to surrender her life to him. And she did. And I tell you, we visited her three months after this conversion and she wasn't the same Stephanie. You could see the light and love of Jesus being reflected from her face. And five years later, she is still serving the Lord, still in love with Jesus. And, and she's on a new path. She has finished high school. She is now in university. She's making a new plan for her life. And she's taking care of her children it's a transformation that only God can do. Rahab experienced that. Stephanie experienced that. And you, if your life today seems such a mess, you can experience the same because it's the same God we serve. And he loves each and every one of us the same way. Faith. Faith is a powerful life-altering gift. Transformation, just transformation. With God, it isn't who you were that matters. It's who you are becoming. Some people may have a hard time getting past your past, but God doesn't. Rahab believed in the God of Israel, and she was willing to risk her life for him. Because of her faith in God, he forgave her and gave her a new start. And God will do the same for you today. No sin is unforgivable. 
What lessons can we learn from Rahab's faith? Well, transformation, establishment. Secondly, faith will establish you. Hebrews 11.31 tells us that Rahab was not killed with those who did not believe. Joshua 6.25 says, But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men of Joshua, uh, the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. She was not only rescued from her house, but she lived amongst the Israelites. That tells me she was accepted by them. She not only survived, but she prospered. She married a godly Israelite man, Salmon, and had a family for she was the mother of Boaz. And you know who Boaz married? Ruth. Mm. And was also the great-great-grandmother of King David. I cannot help but think of the influence she must have had on the life of Boaz, her son, he turned out to be a kind and generous man who, like his dad, married an outsider, Ruth the Moabite, who also believed in the God of Israel. Faith not only saved her, but established her into the family of God. And faith will do the same for you. Establish you in God's family and make you a recipient of his blessings. And the last lesson we can learn from Rahab's faith is purpose. Faith will give you a greater purpose in life, eternal fulfillment. Rahab is not only part of the genealogy of King David, but of Jesus Christ, for her name is one of the five women mentioned in Matthew 1, verse 5. Here she was, a woman, a prostitute, living life in the wrong profession, of the Canaanites, of a perverse uh, and ungodly nation, and is connected or merged or united to the chosen line of the Messiah by grace through faith. And it's possible for you today to be related to Christ through faith in him, and he will give your life a greater purpose and meaning. So in conclusion, Rahab was an unlikely ally. She was a sinful woman from a very perverse nation. Yet she believed in the God of Israel and acted on this belief by hiding the two spies. James 2, 25, 26 says, In the same way, was not, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? So faith without deeds is dead. She was a woman of action. She put action to her faith. She had assurance, confidence in the God of Israel, for she states, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And as a result of her assurance, she instills faith in the two spies, for when they went back to the camp, they told Joshua the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. 
You see, she instilled faith in them. And they could go back and encourage and instill faith in Joshua that this is the right time. She also acknowledges or confesses to the spies, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. She believed in God of Israel as the true and living God. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Today you must believe, as Rahab did, that God is if you believe that God is holy, you will respond by being holy. If you believe that God answers prayer, then you will respond by praying to him. If you believe that God rewards those who seek him, you will respond by seeking after him. If you believe that he is your refuge, then you will run to him in those difficult moments. If he is your rock, you will stand firm no matter what the situation. If he is your savior, well, you will experience salvation and transformation in your life. Rahab believed that God is. It changed her life. She was transformed. She was established into the family of God, and she was given eternal purpose. And your past does not have to determine your future. Rahab is remembered not for her sinful lifestyle, but for her bravery and for her trust and faith in God. She was an unlikely ally, but she played a vital role in the conquering of Jericho and Canaan. And she is remembered today for her faith, her courage, her assurance, and acknowledgement of who God is. Men and women, especially moms, your life may seem a mess. Maybe sometimes you feel you're not going anywhere, but God has you in his hand. And if you're willing to trust him as Rahab did, if you're willing to trust him, he will see you through those difficult moments. He will help you in the raising of your children when you're pulling out your hair not knowing what to do. He will be there for you. He will help you. He will guide you. He will give you the strength you need. All you need to do is to place your faith and trust in him and believe that he is God Almighty and will help you in, this, in the difficult situations of life. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Faith is a powerful, life-altering gift. And your faith, moms, will influence your children to also have faith in God. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you today for your word, for how uh, you, you have different individuals mentioned in the Bibles. They weren't all saints, Lord. But you took their lives and changed them once they trusted you with, with faith, knowing that you were their God. And so we're thankful today that you still transform lives. You still make something beautiful out of the broken vessels that we are. We thank you for that today. I want mothers to rise today. I just want every mom in this place to stand up, and I want to pray for you. So just keep that attitude of prayer.
<clears throat> this is a special day, and I hope that your families will treat you special, will honor you in a very special way. But God wants to honor you today, too, for your faithfulness to him and to his work. And I just want to pray for you. Are there any amongst you who really feel, oh, I have such a past. I sometimes feel I cannot forgive myself. Well, I won't ask you to raise your hands. I'm going to start praying for you all. Father, we just pray for women today, these moms, Lord, who, who are present, who have uh, come here today because they need a fresh word for their lives. And Lord, I know there, there, are, there are some that have a past, Lord. There are things in the past that they are not very proud of and, and sometimes find themselves uh, in a difficult place where they cannot forgive themselves. Father, today, I pray that you will help them to realize that you have wiped the slate clean, that you have given them a fresh start, a new start, that their sins are gone. As far as the east is from the west, their sins have, have gone in your presence. And so, Lord, I pray that they will remember that their past does not determine their future. God, you love every one of us, and your provision of salvation is for each and every one of us. Lord, for those who are sitting on the fence and don't know you today, I pray that they will make a decision that will be firm, that they too can say, I know that the God of this universe is my God too. Father, I pray that you will give them that conviction. Lord, I pray that they will begin to understand what forgiveness is all about and that they will accept the forgiveness you have for them. Father, thank you for making each and every one of us a part of your family. And Lord, I pray that this will be made real to each woman today, that they will take the time they need every day to read your word and spend time in your presence. And Lord, that you will enlighten them and show them the way. You will give them wisdom today in, the, in how to raise their children and how to uh, speak to their adult children. Lord, that you will give them uh, words of knowledge for, for their children and for their family. Lord, I also pray for those who really want to have an influence on their children and on their family, a godly influence. Lord, that you will uh, just give them the right words. Lord, that you will help them in their, their knowledge of you, Lord, to, to just portray that to their families. Lord, that they will speak words of wisdom. Lord, that they will always have their antennas up and know when their children are, are suffering, when they are uh, bruised within. Lord, that you will give them the insight, the sensitivity to know, to know what their children are going through and that they will be um, gifted with the right words and know of the right approach of, of, of handling uh, the children and their situations. Lord, you are a good God. And we just pray and thank you for loving us. May each woman experience your love anew today in her heart and in her mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you so much, Anna. Okay. The band is going to sing this last song, and uh, we have time this morning. I want to open up the frontier, and Anna, if you can stay by the front and be ready to pray for people, and maybe Pastor Ron, if you want to join her as well. You ministered together so well together. So if you want to come to the front, it can be moms, but it can be dads too, okay? We just want to give you a chance to come and be prayed for this morning as uh, as they sing before you leave today. Maybe you just need that uh, that person to talk to and that person to pray with you. Whatever you're going through in your life, you want to share it with this couple, they will, they will pray for you very, very appropriately, I can assure you. God bless you this morning. Go ahead and lead us again. Uh, Thank you. 
Simon and uh, Pastor Ron, Pastor Anna for coming in today. Don't leave too quickly, okay? There's plenty of stuff outside for you in the hallway, ladies and moms. And uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful... I'm speaking slowly because the men are thinking, what do I do? I forgot it's Mother's Day, okay? So just... God will give you an idea if you forgot, okay? Just keep your wits about you. You're at Cartier 1030. I'm sure you can do something for her today. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday, everyone.